Welcome to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello, I'm Mark Stephen. Obviously we're coming into the winter when the human world is moving inside, getting as close to the fire as it can and moaning about that draft coming through the door. In that regard, we're not terribly different to indoor livestock because animals like a bit of warmth too, but the real risk to their health doesn't come from drafts or the occasional snell blast. Much more risky to them is the lack of proper ventilation. Pigs are particularly prone to problems, so today I'm joined by Tim Miller, who works for ARM Buildings in Staffordshire as their pig environment specialist. Tim was the Meat and Livestock Commission pig specialist to the Midlands, based at the pig unit at Stoneley. He spent the last 20 years specialising in pig ventilation. Fraser Shaw is a third-generation farmer from Dumfriesia. The farm is a mixed arable and stock farm, and they grow barley, horsehood, rape and wheat. The livestock on the farm consists of about 700 lambs, 150 bullocks and heifers, and 500 sows. The pigs are really the main focus, with all animals remaining on farm until they're marketable. The Shaw family took the decision to double the size of their pig herd two years ago and had a range of new buildings installed by ARM to accommodate them. I'm going to come to you for a start, Tim. What is the ideal indoor environment for pigs? What do you actually need? The ventilation system is to provide fresh air to keep the pigs in their thermoneutral zone, which will vary, obviously, with the age of pigs. So finishing pigs may be down at 16 or 17 degrees and weaner pigs, freshly weaned, may be up at 28 degrees. So that, that's the thermoneutral zone suitable for the piglet. And also we're trying to remove stale air, microbes, dust, gases, water vapour. So that, that's the pig's environment. Again, in the wintertime, low temperatures, it's important that we maintain a ventilation rate. You cannot just shut the building up to keep the pigs warm. That'll be to the detriment of the environment for the pig. And what systems are available to actually do that? What technology is available? Well, as I sit here now, I've probably got, 100 pig units online so i i can actually see exactly what's going on in the shed i can monitor the ventilation systems to feed the water and then we've got right the way down to just the, the basic buildings where a farmer may turn a fan on and off and that's it fraser can you describe the system that you've got to me what have you got very much as uh, tim's just explained it's i think it's a scan air but tim might correct me on that where the air comes in the side of the building and uh, the extraction takes place in the middle via chimney stack which uh, disperses the heat and all the rest that is uh, removed from the shed out through the middle of the uh, building. Some of the older sheds actually have fans on the side walls where the air comes in the top and the air is removed through the side but we've moved now to the chimney extract in the ridge line. I was looking online at some of these buildings one of the things that surprised me Fraser was how light and airy they are. Yeah, it's with the new building, certainly, that we've installed in 2018, we kept them all the same. And there's inlets on the side, and those inlets are made of a sort of perspex-type material, and they're see-through, which allow extra light in, natural light, which is makes it a good environment for both pig and man. And there's also supplementary windows within the building as well, and you can specify with the shed building team, in this case ARM, how many windows you'd like, and they try and... They do all the maths to make it light and airy, but also ventilate properly. 
Tim, do you have to actually suck air into the building? How does it work? Everybody thinks fans suck air. They actually push. So they push the air out of the shed. So as you push the air out, you drop the pressure within the building. Mother Nature then decides to equal. She hates pressure differences. She'll equal things up. So the inlets, which control where the air comes in, depending on the ventilation rate, this is the most important thing. It's not the fan. It's the inlet. And it's the control of the inlet. If you're going on a Fraser sheds on a hot summer's day, the fans will be running flat out at 100%. The inlets will be open maybe as wide as they can go. But in the colder weather, the fans are reduced. Maybe only one fan will be on or it'll be running at a lower speed. And to go with that, the inlets are closed up. They're automated. They're controlled. So they'll be tightened up. Because what we're trying to maintain is, and this is the important thing, is a good inlet speed, a good speed of air, at the inlet to ensure we get good mixing and good distribution of the air coming into the shed. What we don't want is cold air dropping straight down onto the piglets, especially young piglets. This is maybe a daft question, but you're talking about basically varying the um, conditions within Fraser's shed. But do different climates need fundamentally different systems? I mean, if you were putting one up in the far northwest of Scotland and down in the southeast of England, how would they vary? There is actually a design procedure. So we look at a shed. If Fraser said to me, I'm putting 500 finishing pigs within the building, I calculate the maximum ventilation rate. So I would say, okay, 500 pigs to 120 kilos, how much heat do they create? We're then going to remove the air from the building to take that heat with it on on the hottest of summer's days. I'll be honest with you, if I looked at online at buildings up near Fraser in Dumfries or down on the south coast of England or up on the northeast near Aberdeen, you'd be hard pushed to notice the difference between the buildings. You, you would, I'd look at how the buildings perform. There's very little difference in the design between those sheds. Maybe, yeah. maybe in a Wiener building in the winter with the heat, they, they're running for heat longer because they have some colder weather. But there's no design differences for anywhere in the UK, or not from me anyway. Fraser, from a farmer's perspective, what health issues are you likely to get if you get the ventilation system wrong? If the ventilation system is wrong, uh, tail biting would be the uh, one of the major things, or vice, just general flank biting, and it just makes the pigs angry and aggressive unnecessarily. So it's certainly something that the stocksmen that are going through the building need to be aware of. That you know, some sometimes actually getting the right environments is important as to the health of the pig. As making sure it's got food and water you know we're, we are controlling that environment as tim says he can do it remotely you know it's it's fantastic the technology that's there and what effect fraser does is good ventilation and heating i mean I'm, I'm asking this knowing that you just got a new building a couple of years ago and presumably it's state-of-the-art but you know what difference does good ventilation and heating actually have on pig performance uh it's massive i mean coupled with the ventilation is actually something that's quite important to to us as, as the humans and the business owners is the temperature control. If, if you can provide the right temperature for the pig, it's comfortable, it'll eat and breathe and, and uh, live harmoniously and grow quickly. And, and ultimately that's what we need to do is provide the right environment. So it's all part of providing the right environment for that pig at any given time. So yeah, it's really important to, to make sure you get it right for that reason. Well, we're, try- we're trying to ensure this, this pig's happy. That, at the end of the day, the pig, I, I can look remotely. I can look at the temperature of the building. 
how the pigs are doing, but ultimately it's the stock man or the stock woman looking at the pigs who will tell me, yes, they're happy or they're not happy. It's when we get the vices or the issues that we start looking a bit deeper. And this is often where ventilation, the first phone call I get is that there's a vice in the pigs. What do we do about it? Can you come and check that the ventilation is or isn't the issue? It's very easy to blame ventilation, but in many cases, there are maybe other factors that have, have come into play before then. The stock people obviously are knowledgeable in terms of the pigs, but you know, you're asking them to work in association with a system that might be completely strange to them. How much do you need to train them initially? Once we built a new building, so take phrases, for example, so that the shed's built, I would turn up to commission. So first thing is everything doing what it's supposed to be doing. The fan's working, the inlet's working, the heating system working. Yes, it's okay. The system's commissioned, it's in operation. I would then go through with the, the staff on the farm and ideally the person who day-to-day management of that building and go through with them what is their perception of the temperature range that those are like that, that they'd like those pigs to be kept at. I've got my own view and I've from thousands of buildings I've got I've got settings that I would use, but going through with the staff as to how they run it, how they manage it. For example, in the in the winter time, the building may get a bit stuffy, it's cold weather, the heating's on, but the ventilation rate is is too low in the shed. So immediately they're thinking to themselves, we need more ventilation. Well, how do I do that? I'll drop the set temperature. So suddenly they'll knock a few degrees off the set temperature, the ventilation system kicks in and the shed cools. Not ideal. It's knowing the changes they make and what impact does that have on the building. In the summertime, for example, in the on a very hot day, there's nothing you can do. It could, could be 28, 29 degrees in the finishing shed. And they've got the building set for 18. And what we often see is on a maybe early in September where we get cool nights, suddenly that shed that's been at 28 degrees during the day, the control has been set for 18, cool evening, and the controller does exactly what it's been told to do. I need to get back to 18. So we have pigs that have gone from 28 to 18 in a, in a few hours. That what we actually, or what most people are trying to do is maybe up the temperature in the summer months. So we run the sheds a bit warmer so there isn't the difference between day and night. How long did it take you, Fraser, to actually get the hang of the system? We're still trying to master it. As Tim said, you know, uh, it's down to individuals, farmers, you know, and it's very much a moving feast with temperatures and climate change, I suppose. Uh, maybe that's a bit extreme, but we are always constantly monitoring and there's new batches, you know, it'd be interesting to find out from Tim actually if there's, if he can tell us if there's a difference between genotype, you know, pig type A and pig type B, do they prefer something different, you know, because pig farmers were always sort of mucking around with genetics, maybe, maybe that, maybe that should have an impact on ventilation and ventilation rates, but yeah, no, we're always trying to learn and working with Tim and there's constant readjustment of the physical aspects to the ventilation system and making sure the drawstrings are tight and they're when they say they're at zero they are at zero these kind of things so you know the maintenance and the learning doesn't stop when tim leaves the farm talking about a learning at fraser and learning i've never stopped and i'll be honest in maybe five years ago i would have a different opinion maybe especially in wiener grower than wiener buildings with young pigs what they're after the temperature they're they're happy at I've tweaked the way the way the fans operate, the way the inlets operate. 
And just, just to get a bit technical when we talk about the inlets, the pressure difference. So we, we try and maintain a pressure difference of about 20 pascals. We try and get an inlet speed of four and a half meters per second. We don't want air speeds over 0.1 meter of a second over the peak. These are all things we play around with. But one of Fraser's comments about the genotype and the pig, yes, there is a difference between breeds and breeding companies. And actually very relevant. We had a conversation uh, with a unit manager a couple of weeks ago. He was introduced the different uh, breed of pig into his, uh, into his farm. And he is adamant that the set temperature in his Wiener building now is probably a degree and a half, two degrees cooler than he was running it six months ago because it, this pig prefers a slightly cooler temperature. So he's gives him a few days of comfort, but then begins to drop the temperature a lot quicker than he used to. Fraser, you mentioned maintenance. I mean, how often do you have to carry out maintenance or, or service the equipment? Uh, it varies. Uh, as Tim says, sometimes it's flagged up by a potential problem, but there are routine things that you can see and spot and hopefully get to before there is any uh, major issue. But we're at them all the time, you know, not just the ventilation, but the whole building. So you're in and out these sheds with the with toolboxes and things, just tweaking and making sure that it is doing what it says in the tin. Tim, you mentioned this earlier, you know, remote systems. I mean, how reliable are those remotes? I'll confess, I, I looked at the ERM website and burst out laughing when I came to the spy and the sty cameras. <laughs> the, when we talk about remote monitoring, it is monitoring. I, we don't, I don't make changes. This, this would be my, one of my comments. So if, if, I, if I looked at Fraser's buildings, and I think something's not quite right there. Is it? Is it the inlets maybe not operating correctly, or the heater's not coming on, or the fan's not coming on, or there's, there's a problem? I can, I can look at graphs and I can pick out issues. I wouldn't want to try and make tweaks to the ventilation system remotely. But what I do is I would contact Fraser or a unit manager and say, "Listen, just go and put your head inside that building. Something's not quite right. I can see there's an issue." Um, but and this is where the maintenance comes in. And as Fraser said, usually between every batch of pigs, and that once a room's been washed and cleaned, and just before the pigs go back in, I would just say run the system, make sure the fans are all operating correctly, baffles and shutters are clean and operating, nothing's jammed, the inlets open and close, and the, the heating system comes on as it's supposed to. But usually between batches, but certainly once a year, give everything a good a good going over and check everything through. Yeah, there's always something that you you question. I think the you know from the ventilation point of view, when it's at its worst is possibly when the, the a shed is understocked and there's not enough heat generation. So getting that min vent set right, and you can set things on your own uh, mobile telephone. So online we've got text message availability and and it'll phone you if there's an issue in the shed. So I can set if the temperature falls below X, send everybody a message. If the temperature gets above why or vice versa you can set lots of alarms and alarm points for various factors within the shed so you know it's, it is it's it's helpful and it just keeps everybody on the ball and interested and engaged with what's going on in each shed and normally you can find us uh, two or three of us running towards a shed if there is a, an alarm of some description i probably should have asked this question earlier but i mean i, I know things like theatres i think the conversion ratio is something like 11 people in an audience equals one kilowatt 
you know, within an enclosed space. Is there a conversion ratio for adult pigs, Tim? There is indeed. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the calculation for maximum ventilation rate. So we look at the, the heat produced. So uh, maybe 160, 170 watts for a finishing pig, maybe 40 or 50 watts for a weaner. Research on this was done many years ago. And we've now got a different animal with less fat that maybe generates more heat. So we, we're revisiting these calculations all the time. And it's like the modern sow in the firing house. I think the heat output from the modern sow is a lot greater than it used to be. These are all things that we look at when we calculate the, the ventilation system. And we've probably got a softer animal as well. So this, this young weaned eight kilo pig maybe isn't quite as hardy as it used to be. So it's even more important that we keep it in its thermoneutral zone. Putting in a new system like this, Fraser, how big an investment is it? <laughs> Have you got a big piece of paper? Quite scary, actually, when you sit down. But I suppose every farm, every business, whether it's farming or not, you come to crossroads in your life and you have to make big and scary decisions. And this was certainly one that we were interested in making and as a family all sat down and committed to. And thus far, it's uh, worked well. You know, we're complemented by a good pig and great staff to tell you the truth so you know that makes the whole job a little bit easier when the pigs are performing well and that's not just the ventilation but the whole system and the good staff who are reliable and do a great job for the family. The capital costs aside have you found that your running costs have actually gone down with the newer equipment? Well we've kind of monitoring uh, the costs and the way we actually heat the wiener shed so when the eight kilogram pigs enter the wiener shed it is quite a, a big barn of a place at the time uh, that they enter but by the time they leave it looks a little bit better packed so when they enter we actually heat the room and we use a system called Sistel heating which basically puts warm air into the building to keep it at a nice temperature so the pigs are comfortable because obviously pigs don't have much hair so that's we're trying to provide heat for warmth so that when they're eating the food it's being converted into uh, lean muscle tissue but uh, the costs associated with that heater are, you know, they don't, they're not cheap. There's no, no, uh, I should make no bones about that. It does cost a bit of money to put the heat into the system, but it's false economy not to, you know, if you don't heat the pig, you need to heat it some way. But we invested a lot more. I mean, Tim might tell you what people do, re-insulation depths. We always tended to go for quite a lot of insulation to hopefully harbours from the cold weather outside and, and keep the heat inside. Yeah, they, they, as Fraser said, they've, they've used a slightly thicker level of insulation in their Wiener Grower buildings. The main heating costs, and we're talking about heating, would be in the Wiener building, and it's for the period maybe two weeks after weaning, so eight kilos, big weaned at eight kilos, and maybe in those first two weeks that really we need the heat. And one thing that I would say that has changed over, say, the last few years if we say we want the room to be at 28 degrees C for this young pig, we want the room to be at 28 degrees C with the heating system on, not including the heat from the piglets. In the past, we used to include heating plus piglet heat to try and keep, keep us in that 28 degrees zone. Now we say, no, the pigs need this. We give it to them and we see the benefits. And within a few days, you start to see the pigs take off. So it's plenty, give them the heat when it's required and it goes from there. And in terms of, we mentioned running costs and as Fraser said, that is one of the things we monitor. I look at energy use, energy per pig, 
a batch, the difference between the winter and summer and autumn and spring. And we, we know in kilowatt hours per pig, most people are using electric heating. We do see gas heating as well used occasionally. We see hot water systems in use now. Um, so that there's a full range of systems available. But as I say, we monitor the use. We, we monitor the cost. We monitor the power use. We'll basically give them, give them what they need when they need it at weaning and the pigs will do the rest. One last question to you, Tim. The systems you're talking about in terms of ventilation and heating, is it possible to retrofit this into an existing building or do you have to start from scratch with a brand new one? Uh, no, we've got, I've got sheds, 20-year-old buildings that are online. Well, say I've got the buildings that are online and are monitored. I've got the full range of from, say, 20, 20 plus years to, to new buildings. In terms of the ventilation systems, which we touched on at the start of this conversation with the chimneys and the side extract, we've been driven down that route with the Environment Agency and with emissions from the shed. We want to get any pollution, any contaminants out of the building as high as we can, as far away from the shed as we can, so it dilutes. So we've gone down chimneys and side inlets, whereas maybe 15, 20 years ago, we tended to be, we'd have the fans on the gables or the sides of buildings and pulling out that same, same amount of air would come out of the shed, but it would be exhausted at floor level around the farm buildings. Whereas now, now we're exhausting and getting as high and as far away from the shed as we can. Finally, can I just ask you, Fraser, to, to summarise for me why your family took the decision to actually go down the route to, to, to adopt this technology? Well, we, we, we were always farming pigs, so we had 200 uh, odd sows, and then we increased. And when you look at increasing, you obviously want more of the same, but better or the latest technology. So it was important for us to make sure that whatever we picked was going to last for 20 to 30 years. And certainly that's what we look like. We've got a good product um, that is suitable for the future, and it's got a bit of tech. And I'm sure in the future, obviously, there'll be more and more tech added to that where People are remotely looking even more. I'm sure ARM and Pharmax will employ squads of people in the future to really harness and harvest all that data and make sure that on farm we're getting everything we can out of these systems. But for us, uh, my brother came home and uh, I farm with my dad and my uncle as well. So we just needed to make sure that if uh, Jada Lee Sean's sons was going to survive into the next generation, that there was something there for them to go at. Fraser Shaw and Tim Miller, thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank, I mean, there's much more to this than I'd actually realised. There is a lot I could... <laughs> we just brushed on it, I believe you may. I, yeah, we could spend hours talking about, in terms of new technology, our evaporative cooling, acidifying slurry. These are all work. Fraser will be up to speed with these. These are all topics that are coming in. And heat recovery, but yeah, the... the over the next few years and it's all about energy energy use or lack trying to reduce energy use i've just done a big uh, project where we're actually trying to have these the same buildings that fraser's got but off grid so not actually connected to the national grid they're relying on solar power batteries and a generator and they can actually say yeah we're not you know we're, we're completely off grid and in terms of a big green tick and uh, then that's what they're trying to go for. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of interest at the moment with the subjects as well. Well, as I said, I enjoyed speaking to you both. Thank you again.
In our next podcast, we're going to be looking at cattle nutrition throughout the winter. Until then, I'm Mark Stephen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.